Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. This is Archery Unfiltered, where I, Wendell Souza, cover California archery events and what it takes to make you a better archer. All right, it's day two of the Vegas shoot. Uh, it's the evening. It's late at night. I mean, my buddy Jim Padilla, we just uh, finished practicing down in the halls in the, the late night practice. We're stuffed full of Mexican food. Jim's farting uncontrollably. And uh, we're just going to recap our day and, and talk about some of the cool shit we saw. Uh, Jim, w- w- you got any highlights for your day today? So far, not running into your shit cloud while we're practicing. Yeah, I've been farting too. Um, Jim, you switched to uh, a hinge today. Oh, archery-related stuff. Yeah, so, you know, guys, I talked about the demons, you know, and the thumb release mm-hmm. they caught up to me big time this morning and you were saying you were saying the punch wasn't a bad thing as long as it wasn't a drive-by or maybe that's what i was saying one of us was saying it well we, you were you were okay with me doing it but yeah. i was really worried about what happened today which was having a drive-by kind of situation uh, and or getting stuck like in the eight ring and having to like forcibly get the pin up into the dot mm-hmm. and then firing it off. So those two things happen and then I put away the button, pulled out the hinge, which scared me <laughs> a lot because I haven't shot it in a while. Carter total control. Yeah. Pulled it back. No no click. No click. Ran the shot. It was a little. It was a lot rusty. And you fired shot, it off. Shot axes. And I shot about with about four ends to go. I shot thirties on all of them with uh, about six X's and all those. So beautiful. You know, it reminds me of um, what Joel Turner was saying: is when you do like a radical switch to a release that you haven't used in a long time or a brand new one your brain goes into this mode of doing everything right because you don't want to like punch yourself in the face. You don't want to send that arrow off into the back wall. So you're doing what I call diagnostic shooting, which is what you did. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, hard on the thumb peg, pulling it back away from my face, <laughs> coming to anchor. And then uh, dude, I got to try that ultra view hinge today. Oh, yeah. Drew it back the same way. Yeah. Just like away from the face, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So it ended up working out for you. It worked good. You know, we, we, and then after dinner we went to go practice and it, uh, I was able to relax with it a little bit and, um, really happy right now so yeah it was awesome we had a couple archery unfiltered supporters come out and play around with us for a little bit that was cool 
Let's see. Any other? Let's see. Yeah, there was one little thing that, two little things that you did today. You want to talk about that? Uh, in a little bit. Let's see. Well, you know, I'll talk about it. Ultraview released a new hinge. What do you think of that? The H2? Uh, I found out a little bit about it today. I, Our buddy Randall bought it uh-huh. when he runs a Scott Ascent, which is Pretty basically the Ultra is a full-on ripoff <laughs> of that, <laughs> Yeah, which okay. is a full-on ripoff of the Total Control. I don't think it is. Okay. I think the concept is a ripoff, but the application is different. I think if... Uh, application. Explain. Because yes, uh, the Carter Two Moons mm-hmm. uses warm screws, correct? Or I'm thinking of the Total Control uses warm screws to adjust the two individual moons. No, they're both the same. What? So the ascent is the same thing. Is also warm screws? Yeah. Oh, I'll be damned. And that's what the, the H2 is? From what I saw, uh, what Randall had. But the one big difference is uh randall says one key wrench will adjust all the screws so finally versus the ascent and the total control you gotta have about three different wrenches to work those did whoever engineered that must work on cars oh yeah it must be like always reaching for the 14 mil yeah, they or, actually or work ten. on cars. They're not an engineer because an engineer would use three different screws. <laughs> God damn. <laughs> so that, yeah, I got to say, I drew it back. I've been very critical of uh, Ultraview products, and I will continue to be ultra critical. I drew it back. It was very comfy. Um, I don't like the lack of a thumb peg. It had the thumb something there on, like, directly in line with it. Whereas the regular thumb pegs are kind of out of the, the line of the the hinge itself. So that that was kind of strange. Um, was it really just cool. missing or did it have the capability to put one there? I don't know. Maybe it does have the ability if they sell like a second slot thing that goes in the back. I'm sure it does. I mean, I'm sure they would uh, incorporate their... You think it comes with a thumb peg? You got to pay for one. I'm sure it came with. It could come with one. But in the past, they haven't. No, no. Well, but they would have the the spot where you can put their whole line of funky knobs, as they call it. <laughs> yeah, I guess so. <laughs> that reminds all those things remind me of uh, pieces of pasta. Yeah, it reminds me of um like uh, chips, like fish chips, fish chips, or squid chips. Uh, Everything's food related with us. Yeah, especially like foreign Asian foods for mm. me. <laughs> <laughs> but um, I got to say, that release is really comfortable. Nice thick finger sections. Like my hand, I could hang hang in that release with my release hand really well. The click's a little clunky. Like um, I have like an old HT, and the click on that is much smoother. Okay. But, you know, I also have a, I have a Trueball Fulcrum, and the click on that is like clunk, you know. You can see your string move pretty heavily. Mm. Um, you know, if you guys are... Shooting uh, like the Alan Brunetta slash Jake, uh, I mean uh, Blake Jerome style of hinge, then it really doesn't matter how clunky it is. And what is that style again? Is that the... uh, That's where it clicks at anchor. Oh, you come in, settle anchor, it clicks. And then you start your shot. Then you aim, and then you start ripping. Okay, so who does... uh, Who do you name after the person that comes to anchor, starts aiming, clicks... And then continues aiming and fire it off. Who does that shot? 
Dave Cousins. Dave Cousins. Okay. I did a little bit like that too. I tried it when I was my when my little fingers were hurting from shooting my button too much. But yeah, Dave's Dave would tell Dave taught us that he, his thing was, you know, get to anchor, aim, you know, aim good, start ripping, and then when the or start ripping real slow, like thirty to forty thousand RPM. And then when you hit that click, then and then just really, that was he said he used the, the click on his release like a clicker on a on a recurve bow. Oh, okay. Which makes sense. I get it. You know, but uh, I don't know. Dave shot a pretty square inside out eight. So, do you know how he shot today? He shot three hundred. I think he might have been down one more. Isn't that crazy? Yeah. I, I'm not the only one that 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 came back from missing. Like the, a lot of the pros today, uh, that had missed earlier, came back with a fucking vengeance. Yeah, there was a whole. Well, we'll get to that part of the story. Well, Dave, so let, let's segue into that since Dave we're shot, talking about that. Dave shot a three hundred. Some today. guy named Wendell Souza also shot a three hundred today. Congratulations! Thanks, buddy. Chance Bobath shot a three hundred. This guy at Fat Chefs used to call him Boboff. <laughs> Always used to make me guy like cringe a little bit. Well, you could tell he went to public school. <laughs> Let's see, Levi Morgan, two ninety nine today. God damn, Tate Morgan, three hundred. Three hundred, yeah. So that's just a couple of names. I'm not gonna go through all of them for you guys. Paige shot a three hundred, right? Paige shot three hundred. Pages Lico six. shot another three hundred. Lico shot another three hundred. I think. Tanja shot a 300. Uh-huh. Dude, I saw... There's only five pro women. I saw... Uh, Clean. You mean Toya? To- Toya. Toya. Toya, I'm sorry. Yeah. I saw her I shooting. I went to public dude. school also. Yeah. <laughs> I saw Toya shooting, and she looked fucking pissed. But she wasn't. I think she was just focused. I mm-hmm. think that's what happens when some people are super focused. They're just... It's like Blake, Blake used to say. People think I'm super pissed. But or I'm super unfriendly, but I'm really just trying to focus on what I'm doing. I get that, you know. So anyway, I got my 300 today. Yeah. Uh, I woke up this morning, ate breakfast, and really didn't want to. I didn't want to put a target up to only shoot three arrows and then wait and then you know. Wait for another line to shoot, and then go pull my arrows and do the shit. Only to shoot like I don't know how many times. So I ended up just blank bailing all morning. I was thinking of uh, what Blake was saying because on or yesterday when I shot my two ninety nine, right? Mm-hmm. I missed early on, and then everything afterwards, I knew what it was exactly what it was. It was all in my release hand. It was me not being aggressive enough, me not trusting in my shot and pulling into the back wall and knowing that I'm going to bury my pin. That's your word. Like you used to say, Hey, when you push and pull, you can bury your pin. And that's like, I'll never forget that. When I know when the shot's going good, that pin, boom, like I'm pushing and pulling and the pin just settles. Just the movement stops, is so minimal. Yeah. And stops fucking like- around. And, um, I didn't trust it for some reason or another. I got all skittish yesterday and then thought uh, fu- uh you know the voice said in my head said fuck it and i punched a punch a nine well, today so after that happened i said no more no more i'm just gonna do my shot strong mental acuities of wendell souza i love it uh, it's not even because it cost me you know it took me a mistake to get there 
Well, you came back, and then you finished strong. So this morning, I wasn't even going to go to the practice range because I was like, I know what it is. I know what I have to do. I don't want to fuck it up at the practice range. But then I thought, you know what? That's stupid. Let's go to the practice range anyway. Instead of hanging a target, I just blank bailed, and I thought about that. Pulling into the wall, you know, getting it strong into the wall. Reinforced it. Up. Reinforced yeah. your shot. Reinforced the 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 ninety. Or I'm sorry, not the ninety. The twenty nine shots after, or the twenty eight shots after the miss. Right. You know? Right. That's what that's what it was. So I reinforced that. Went in today. I think I had like one edgy shot, maybe two that were kind of edgy. I think one was like you had one, one that was uh, like a one third shaft. Yeah, when I first flipped up the binoculars, I was like, "Uh oh!" And then I'm like, "Okay, he's got it." Yeah, I think I think uh, I saw that one too, where I was like, "Man, uh, that might be out." And then I saw you. You went and ironed it out, and then you just put him right right in the middle on that same one, and the yeah. rest of them, obviously, and and got your three hundred. Yeah, dude, it was it was cool. I was trying to tell Alan. Because uh, Alan was nervous on his last shot. This thing that I did that I applied today, which was, well, it's two things, but it was on my last end. Tried telling myself this is the ninth end, not the tenth end. Mm -hmm. And then I also told myself it doesn't really matter what end this is because you have so much more shooting to do. This is just the middle. This is just the middle of all this shooting. So don't don't make this seem like it. Right. You still got, theoretically, you have... 30 more scorable arrows to do. Yeah. And hopefully, you know, and and then that'll be on to the next phase. Yeah. On to the lucky dog. Hopefully, hopefully. Where you'll have some more arrows to do. And so then I got, I got to shoot the 10K shoot off. Yeah, you did. Yeah, because you shot your 300. You were one of 88. Man, a lot of people got 300s today. People to shoot 300s. So, uh Went, you and me went to the gold tip booth. We palled up with the uh, the rep there, or, or the sale, or the the person at the booth. The, yeah, the the guy manning the booth. Yeah, and he hooked me up with a skinny arrow to shoot the the ten k shoot off. A Pierce tour. Yeah, a very nice two fifty spine Pierce tour, four fletch, left helical. It's everything I wanted. Uh, I sighted it in, sighted it in great, and then came the magic moment to. Put it to the test, and I shot like barely grabbed the ten ring, and it's X ring only place. So I was eliminated the first line of dudes out. Yeah, there was there was uh, probably twenty percent of the people got eliminated in that first arrow. Yeah, it was unfortunately, Michael Braden, this fucking old guy from Texas who still shoots a index release, fifty four years old, fucking crushed it. It was it came down to him. And what was the... Do you remember the name of the other kid? Sullivan? Yeah, Sullivan. The orange hair. 17-year-old kid. So that was the kid that Austin pointed to when we walked in here. Mm-hmm. And he was like, that kid's good. And I was like, can I beat him? And Austin's like, mm. <laughs> <laughs> That's that kid, dude. Austin. <laughs> Who is this Austin guy? That's great. <laughs> so uh, that was kind of cool. Um, so it was Michael Braden versus him. That kid is like, how old is he? 17. 17. Had fresh, young eyeballs, fresh muscles. Michael Braden, can't remember where he put his readers, uh, got up there, hacked a bunch of phlegm up on the line, and then shot. So this kid was shooting skinnies. Yeah, so he spent the time, whatever, 
sighted slapped in X-10s. on a new rest or yeah, and then um, and then sighted in some X tens right to get to, he it was like four or five guys. Oh yeah, it was and it was then, three, and then uh, I remember seeing Stefan Hansen, right. Sullivan, and then uh, Michael Braden. But, but then, the the arrow before to get to uh, Michael Braden and just him, he put like uh, killed the spider every leg of it with those that night. Oh, the Sullivan kid. Yeah, yeah. And Michael Michael did a great shot. Also, he shot it, and everyone was like, "Whoa, Whoa. Yeah. shit!" Yeah, he flipped around, he fist pumped. Like that was that could have been it right there. But then Michael Braden shooting what we think might have been twenty sevens. Some big yeah. arrows shot one right in the middle and matched him. So everyone doesn't shoot 27s for this event because there's inside-out X only at mm-hmm. this point. So you have a better chance of getting an X-10 in there versus, you know, getting a 27. A 27 or a 23, yeah. Yeah, they can potentially get unwieldy. Um, but fucking Michael Braden. Drained it. He absolutely drained it on that, that shot. Put his walker aside. Yeah. And told his nurse to get away and fucking drained it right in the middle. It was fucking nuts. I couldn't believe it. Um, even at the end there, the final one, uh, you know, with the, the kids just shoot a an X touching or yeah, he was it was uh, it was still line. you know pretty solid much a, a solid solid X. Yeah, and Michael Braden held long. Oh my gosh, yeah, he held long, you know. Uh, and fucking cut one right in the middle. Yeah, Michael Braden, you know, PSC shooter. Yep. Um, he shoots a index release. Yep. A blinder. Yep. And uh, super high. Shoots V bars on top of it. Yeah, super high. Um, this is all stuff that I would make release fun of. arm. Yeah, this is all stuff I would make I mean, fun it, of if one of you guys came to me. Yeah. And showed me and said, "Hey, w- what should I do differently?" He shoots a very similar looking style to Bobby Eiler. Oh yeah, high high release hand elbow. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, you know, even though it's something I might make fun of, make no mistakes, this guy would shoot rings around me in a second. But uh Michael Braden is a uh, also a long time 3D shooter, ASA shooter, so yeah, what, what is about it? It seems like 3D guys got a really good knack for indoor. They do. I mean, you know, it's always been uh, kind of known that they are some of the best aimers around. Is that what it is? You think it's an aiming thing? Well, because they, when they go to shoot those unmarked distances on those Reinhardts or the uh, Delta McKenzie targets, there's just a circle. Right. And you, I don't, for most of the time, you can't see what that, that ring. Right, so you got to be able to You got to pull up your glasses, it. look at what sh- where it is, and try to find some kind of feature. So a lot of times they're aiming off a shadow, shadow a little glare, a little, little spot. Yeah. Yeah. That's incredible. So maybe that's interesting. That somehow lends itself to shooting indoor. Mm-hmm. I don't know how, but I mean, make no mistake about it. Those guys, those uh, 3D guys, really, um, they're really good at this shit. Yeah, I mean, you have any predictions for who's gonna who's gonna win it? Uh, no, I mean, 
It's too early. We we got to see who who gets into the final shoot off. Let me say Bob Eiler, Mike Schlosser, Kyle Douglas. Um, final three. You know, it's a fan favorite. Jesse Broadwater's still clean. Oh, that's right. Broadwater's still clean. Oh, that would be cool. Um, the the lucky dog contingent, mm-hmm. you being one of them, it's going to be quite large. So there's going to be some. Well, I got to still. I still got to shoot the score to get to lucky dog. Yeah. But man, after watching the what Michael Braden did, I think I'm just going to leave gold tips arrows at the display thing and use the triple X's I got. Or leave their skinnies, I should say. Yeah. Yeah. Tim Gillingham gave me a tip that he said will work for you guys. And he said it's uh, pin your target over an arrow hole. I think what he meant to say was like the, the X over an arrow hole. So that way when you shoot at it, it'll get sucked into the, the hole behind the target. Now, I think Tim's trying to be funny because I don't think that would actually work. But he claims that's how he made the lucky dog at one time. I think he's just trying to be funny. Yeah. I mean, there's a possibility. But, you know, <laughs> for anybody who shot Vegas or shot the Morales giant bag targets, mm-hmm. you know, the surface is not perfectly flat. Perfectly flat. You know, it's uh, pretty undulated within there. So I did see a guy early on thursday practice we were practicing he drew back and i didn't see him shoot it but i he was mentioning it to his friends and he shot pretty much the right side of the leg off of the x and it hit something inside the bale and it tweaked so hard that the whole arrow came out of the 10 ring whoa so whoa how would that you know how they would score that i think they would mark it at nine yeah, I think so. Too. <laughs> it would be it would be hard. So I think it's where the chef. It was the right. first shot he shot, and there was no other holes. Woo! So um, you know, maybe there's a little something there to what Tim said. Yeah, yeah, I guess so. But but now, the bales are pretty much Swiss cheese. So <laughs> yeah, they're worn in. They're pretty beat up. It's hard to hang a target at the practice range. Yeah, not to mention we did see. Was it last night? We did see an unfortunate incident where... Um, some, oh, yeah, one of the bales straight up fell over. <laughs> the practice bales fell over, and it broke like six of these two guys' arrows. Squashed Johan's arrows. Yeah. Johan's oh, yeah. Cellar broke them in half. Or broke one in half, I think. And there was another guy. He broke three. Damn. Damn, that sucks. Yeah. But, man, it was, I don't know. So far, it's been a cool experience. Do you have any goals? Yeah, I'm just going to go down and, and um, stay positive and run my program. And yes. I got I got nothing to lose. I'm just, uh, yep. most of the time, when we talked about this before, the battle in between your ears is the only one you're fighting. You know, so it's you so can't, mental. You Everything can't, is mental. You can't worry about the guy next to you on either side or the guy in the next line. All right. There's nothing you can do about them. All you can do is shoot your... Three arrows, one at a time, each end, until you're done. Yeah. And you shoot them, like you said, get those things in the middle, mm-hmm. hold that dot in the middle, and and do what you know you're supposed to do. 
My buddy Taman used to say, "Don't bitch out on the back end." <laughs> there's a lot of truth the, to that. Yeah, there's a, a, a lot of truth. I was to that. repeating it to myself all day today. Yeah. Don't bitch out on the back end. It's just so funny, dude. Yeah. Because uh, sometimes some real characters say some real ridiculous shit, and sometimes it turns out to be some of the, <laughs> the most <laughs> like, core shaking. Yeah. It's <laughs> like stuff mm. where you're like, oh yes, I know what he meant. Yeah. Like t-shirt worthy stuff. <laughs> Don't bitch out on the back end. <laughs> yeah. Maybe that'll be the new one. Gonna <laughs> <laughs> be calling everyone fuckos all the time. <laughs> Don't bitch out. Yeah, man, I got called fucko like three times <laughs> this trip. <laughs> yeah. What is that? D B. What's that? O. B. E. Don't pitch out on the back end. Oh, for a shirt slogan? Yeah. Yeah. I would. That's a little long-winded. I would just write it out and yeah. point and arrow down to your ass mm. on the back. But anyway. <laughs> That's even better. Uh, Yeah. So I shoot at 930 tomorrow. Jim, you shoot at 930 uh, tomorrow. I do also. That's great. Uh, one thing I'd like to talk about is yeah. the physical part of shooting here in Las Vegas three days worth so one of the reasons i think basically i was dehydrated and i really didn't realize it until probably after i shot today Uh because i i i wake up early like a lot of us do but i'm get up you know the people who are 45 and older and so on you know now that uh Five o'clock in the morning, you're up. So right, I imagine you have to pee yeah. for the third time. Is probably what it is. <laughs> the stream is strong. <laughs> Don't worry. Right. Um, you saunter downstairs, and but you order I some, I went. You know, some puree. I carrots. got a little uh, <laughs> parfait and some uh, and threw a straw, and I was doing okay. And I went and practiced, but I was just I was just tired and just off. But I the but it's a it's a hard battle, and I think a lot of the pros would tell you also, you know, you, to do this three days in a row, you know, and try to keep your average is well, a tough thing. Do you think it – did you exercise this morning? I did not because it was so early. So, cause, yeah, because you had yeah. to shoot at, what, 7.30? Yeah. Yeah, you had to shoot really early. Right. So, yeah, no, you know, I, it, I've i been trying to drink water. You did. No, you, I'm very sensitive to being dehydrated because my lips get super chapped. And because I'm like an ex-smoker, my sinuses just fucking, I, they just ooze blood when I start Yeah, I think you're, you're not out of the norm. For, there's quite a few people who, oh, I have the same problem. Yeah. But it's just, uh, you know, we're, most of us, 99% of us are not used to staying in a hotel. Right. Much and, less a uh, fucking casino. A casino to boot, you know, and there's a lot of air conditioning and it does have an effect on you, but. I'm not one for judging people. And their their style from other states, because most other states are better than California, but people straight up smoking indoors, you animals! It is um, <laughs> you fucking animals. It's been so many years. We live in a society. That it hasn't there are been, rules. It hasn't been that way in uh, California, so it's 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 a little bit of a shock to the system. I know. You know. At first, I enjoy it because I'm like, oh right, yeah, getting it for free. Well, and then I also had a little hiccup. Thursday morning, 
was that? Uh, whatever cleaning solution they had out, and they cleaned the carpets out in the hallway or something. It just wrecked my sinuses. Oh yeah, dude, you were like uh, on the surface of Mars in total recall. Yeah, hey. but at first I'm like, oh great, I got COVID here already. But <laughs> hey, how many times have you thought you got COVID? Oh. Every, on this trip, on this trip alone. Just that one day. There's at least three times where I'm like, do I have COVID? Yeah. Did you hear Paige's voice on the last uh, uh, the last interview she gave talking about... The, she, Paige just shot the world archery thing. Mm-hmm. She was a little upset because they changed the target face, right? Yeah. Usually they, she says there's a nice solid X on there that's mm-hmm. uh, visible. But she said it was a weak... It was a really faint X. Yeah, and very, very Not weak much target. to aim at. And she said the other, there was uh, quite a few other ladies. She said it fucking sucked. <laughs> Her words. Yeah. And a little bit of mine. I don't think she dropped the F-bomb. Did she? Well, we can, they can look it up on Facebook. <laughs> so she didn't like it, but her voice sounds like... You know what her voice sounds like? Sounds like someone who's spent the last two weeks on airplanes and in hotels. Yeah. Because <laughs> she yeah, also spent time she, in she Lancaster. She promo videos here. When she first got here. You know, she also did uh, seminars at both. So I'm not saying she got COVID. I'm not saying, I'm she, not saying she is. I'm just I'm saying. I'm saying you just, she's in a hotel full of smoke. Yeah. Full of a bunch of Philistines coughing up smoke everywhere. And then, you know, it's making all of us sound like, uh, insert the raspy voice yeah. here. Damn it. <laughs> I lost that one. That was, that could have. I could add more flow to Missed it. Missed opportunity. <laughs> yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, Paige is still doing it. Yeah. Six hundred. She's going for the nine hundred. Yeah. So she's like twenty-seven and twenty-three. So she's got fifty X's. Yep. Caleb Quiocho shot three hundred today. Yeah. The uh, the Wendell Killer. Yeah. Yep. The Kingslayer. Yeah. 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 I was also, you know, I'm, I'll have to say. Uh, a little sorry. I meant it as a compliment when I called him Arya because she did kill the king. Who did she kill? The Wizard King, right? The, the, I mean, the, the Ice King? The Ice King. Uh-huh. So, I didn't mean it as a derogatory thing. To him or me? To him. Oh, dude, who gives a shit about... Dude, this is my show. I know. <laughs> Caleb, it's all... It, it was a compliment 100%. You got nowhere to go but up, buddy. Yeah. You're on the map. You're on the map and you're slaying... Well, you know, he slayed me, but I'm not important. It's all those wilderness guys you got to worry about yeah. beating. But he did good. You know, he did his 300. He did a 300 today. He got his uh, target uh, posted up on the uh, Hoyt. On the Hoyt booth. The yeah. Hoyt wall. Yeah, good job, Caleb. Um, it was pretty good. You know, posted on Facebook. So, you know, obviously he's being recognized. Yeah. So that, and I told Mark. Deservingly so. I told Mark, I'm going to teach my daughter to shoot, and then I'm sending her to every wilderness shoot to fuck all you guys up. <laughs> See how you like it. <laughs> uh, but knowing my luck, my kid will be like, archery's gay. Yeah. <laughs> Not that there's anything wrong with being gay. You know, my buddy's gay, and he's a fucking sniper. So. One last thing again. Coming to Vegas. It's very hard. We are on vacation, but the the eating aspect. Oh man, <laughs> uh, it's I blasted tough. through the zipper on my Kuyu pants. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
You're trying to be like um, that guy, uh, Rudy, Rudy Sandoval. Yes. Yeah, but his butt, he didn't buzz through because of weight. Because oh. it just can't contain him. Right? <laughs> <laughs> he loves archery so much. <laughs> yeah, he got. Yeah, he's got to sew his pants up. Yeah. But for me, um, I'm pretty sure it's gut related. You know. So. We're gonna take care of that soon, aren't you? I think so. I think if Kuyu honors lifetime warranties for fat guys, they'll let me have. A, yeah. They'll let me replace these pants. All right, we're back on track. So we talked about. Oh, the eating. We should, we talked about that. We're just talking about. Getting through. It's hard to eat. The three, yeah. I mean, uh, because of the shoot times. Yeah. You know, family members, friends, you know, are broken up. You're going to eat at the Coronado, right? Yeah. If you're on a budget, it's going to be the Coronado Shake Shack or uh, that's it, really. Well, there's the Del Mar, but that was closed this morning. That was kind of irritating. Yep. But um, sushi place isn't too expensive. Mexican no. place isn't too expensive. Yeah, but the beans and rice there were just absolutely horrid this morning. Or this <laughs> evening, I'm sorry. The steakhouse is uh, way expensive. So, I mean, the thing is, the Mexican place is always booked. The sushi place is always booked. So, you're going to do the Coronado. Most likely, if you, sh- you show up here, you're going to do the Coronado and Shake Shack more than the others. Yeah. Which we really got some mileage out of the Coronado. But I literally feel like, you know the smell of casino oh we did the buffet too but you know the smell of casino food like casino kitchen that smell is like in my esophagus right now it's a weird <laughs> it's a weird feeling okay i'm literally you're going like, a little too far down this road i was I just talking about it. it's uh trying to control your eating because of the different times of shooting which you i know. didn't and you did well, we didn't either you did better. i'm just trying to give everybody else you know for the next time or any you know this could go for any type of shoot like reading where you know you have to come prepared and plan some stuff out dude when you like stopped eating and you were like that's enough for me yeah i got offended i was like Wait, look at this i know you went hard on the rest of those nachos <laughs> look at this guy yeah what are you trying to say huh and you're like nothing i'm done i'm like oh big guy over here huh all done with his food all I know is when I get back... You know what helped with that was it didn't taste all that great. <laughs> I don't know how you fuck up fajitas, but right, they Gordon did Ramsey. it. <laughs> um, all I know is when I get back to California, I'm going to eat some broccoli. <laughs> raw. Just raw, <laughs> raw broccoli. Because, man, I feel like... I feel like the process right before spam is canned. Whatever that is. It's terrible. So, what else you got, Jim? Anything? Uh... You know, what about you? What is your plans for tomorrow? Uh, I I intend to run the same plan. Um, we had a good practice this evening. We had a great practice. Yep. Um, Reinforced your shot process. I had the first scoring in jitters today. Mm-hmm. They were still there, but I leaned on the on the aggressive back wall shot, or not even aggressive, just committed. Don't bitch out on the back end. Yeah, the committed locked-in back wall shot. I leaned on that. That got me through the first scoring end. And after that, once that first scoring end, jitters are gone. Yeah. So, you know, like, you know, for this goes for everybody. The first arrow, the first scoring end, you're like, okay, I got it. Mm -hmm. You know, get yourself to to the fifth end, then the first arrow after the flop. Right. You know. Do they make you guys um, put fresh target up after five? They do not. 
Right. On championship, they make us put a brand yeah, new target. Yeah, they, uh, they definitely yell that out. They should probably make us do that. Right. But I like it. I, I In the flights. I rather like it because um, it's kind of like I can iron out. It's like ironing it out is. shots. Yeah. So I, I used to be against that because I liked the reference of the holes that I could aim off of the holes that I had left. But now I'm almost I'm okay with it. The the new target. I don't know. Yeah. I, I, have I have this little thing, you know. When we'll just talk, I'll talk about this for a second. Yeah, go for it. When we go to the 900 rounds, I always try to get everybody uh, recommend them to shoot a new target for each distance because you're going to have you get programmed when you hear the paper. When it hits, when you hear it crack, you're like, okay. Uh-huh. But then when you when it just makes the thud, you're like, okay, I'm in. Uh-huh. That's a ten. And the that's crack, an X. Yeah. And then when the you hear the like, crack, you're like, <gasps> bad shot. Oh, yeah. you know, you throw up the glasses, you know, and your heart's beating. And you're like, oh, it's fine. Okay. But you need to program yourself to be okay with that. Uh-huh. And that also, I think, relates over to when you do uh, indoor. You know, mm-hmm. so you should more often. When you do the flop, put a new target up. Right. And, you know, get get your brain to used to hearing that and not freaking out. Yeah, and get used to to aiming and shooting on a clean face. Yeah. And, and I think you're finding, and I, as I've, I also found out just recently, it's a little better, you know, because you're just more aiming towards the X versus, like, okay, aiming Aim off, off a hole. Yeah. And everybody knows, you know, sometimes that one hole will just – I'll just make it, it's, we'll just say it's a half a shaft in at 8 o'clock. Mm-hmm. And you can aim so good, dead in the middle, and that arrow goes right back to that hole for whatever reason, for, you know, because of our brain. and Right. For, uh, but also, say you punch three good ones in, right? Mm-hmm. And then you have three good references, and you can kind of ride those. And then you put the new target up, and you're like, oh, damn. You right. know what I mean? I lost my, my three good ones. Still, you know. At my level, it's unlikely that I'm going to have three really clean, uh, at the, even at the end of five, here. Yeah. Unlikely I'm going to have three really clean targets. Right. So having that brand new change out, totally cool. It wipes all the, all the, oh, all the, the, the edgy shots are gone now, and you can start over and be like, okay. Let's let's get this shit rolling in. So almost like getting a second chance. Yeah. Shooting yeah. Nice I, I think it, it's uh, everybody should see it as helping yourself versus a hindrance, you know, yeah, yeah, get used agree. to seeing that clean face, like you said, and having less deformation on the rings. Yeah. And, you know, and at times it's, it's definitely a lot easier to score. And I think that's the biggest reason they make you guys do it all the time because they, they don't want to have any problems and mm-hmm. have to, um, uh, imagine where or, the line yeah, is, recreating you know, the line or whatever. Cause, uh, you know, there's, there's some people there that, Especially in the open pro, you know, like, no, it's out. You're out. You know? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> they don't want to fuck around. If they can get you out of there quick, yeah. they will. So, yeah, it's interesting, which is crazy because of how many pros are fucking not in it this year. Name name your your pro archery hero. He didn't make it. Yeah. You know? Except for Mike Schlosser and my personal hero, Bob Eitler. They made it. Well, Chris Schoff. Is he in there? No. Oh, no. Me and Chris Schaff are tied. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he's got a better X count. 
It don't matter. Yeah, but it doesn't matter. Yeah, we're going for it. Yeah. Pretty cool. There's so. quite a bit. Like, yeah, there's uh there's and not so much that there's some pros out and some well-known pros, but like there were some guys out before the flop on the first day. You know, yeah. it's just like, whoa. I mean, uh, I can honestly say I never would have guessed Chance Bobef to drop two. Yeah. And it, I mean, if anything, it goes to show that how bad COVID really fucked everyone's <laughs> rhythm up. <laughs> That's you know what, what I'm I mean? thinking. That's part of it, you know? It, it fucked up whatever these people were, you know, competing, their competition schedule, practice schedule, what have you. Yeah. It really, and then when you know Vegas was on and they said it's go time, everyone tried to get back on the swing of things, and you can see who didn't catch catch the ride to go. You right. Know? I mean, there's there's a lot of a lot of issues trying to do that. I mean, even at my local shop, you know, uh, I don't necessarily follow the rules, but uh, they are, and on their on their side, they are looking the other way. I'll say. Uh-huh. So, uh, you know, supposed to be shooting with our masks on, but I'm, I'll go shoot outside before I do that because, you know, that's not right. How, that's not good practice for me. But, uh, but everybody's running, has their own set of issues trying to deal with this stuff. And then also I something I saw was uh, I think there's quite a few new faces down there on the Open Pro this uh, this year. Yeah. There's quite a bit. Yeah. Uh, for a minute, I had it in my mind that it was like, and I think that might be also because of COVID and a lot of people right. like, you know, like, well, so what, where the other guys time. couldn't find their groove. Other people found yeah. something that worked. And I don't know. It's pretty interesting. Like uh, for a minute, I was like, this is it. This is the change. Remember in UFC, right? I don't know if many of you guys watch UFC. Maybe you don't. I, you know what? It, Are we talking like UFC one or UFC 200? Let's, let's say 200 or, or like at one time. The champions, like, where it was this guy named Anderson Silva. Mm-hmm. He was champion forever. Yeah, it was quite a string of victories. And then when he wasn't, it changed hands a whole bunch. Yes. Right? And for a minute, I was thinking, man, like, is that what's happening right now? Are we, have we been in this sport long enough now where we're seeing, or like, I know, I'm relatively new, but are we coming in now to a point where we're starting to see in the change of, like, you know, it's the... It's the corner end. It's the edge of a hill that you're going down at where it's going to be a new scene. You know what I mean? Possibly. You know, I mean, more and more. I mean, you've talked about um, the products are, you know, pretty much whoever you buy from or whatever you buy are all quality stuff. They're manufactured-wise, how they operate, all work. I mean... Yeah, you ran a blade. You've done well with the blade. You're running a drop away round now. You're doing great with the drop away. There's people, uh, you know, they've shot. You know, if uh, people, the older crowd will know uh, what a TM Hunter is. Mm-hmm. They used to. Sh- they've shot three hundreds with those. So, right. Is that an arrow rest or? Really it's an arrow rest. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I was gonna say yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. I know that. <laughs> that was good. You, you surprised me. You got me. Uh, <laughs> but what I'm getting is the equipment-wise, you can't if you're buying the the top of the line, whatever manufacturer, top of the line, whatever arrow, bow, rest, sight, 
release, you're not giving up anything from one manufacturer or the other. Correct. It's all what uh, what you prefer and what feels good to you. Correct. So, right at this point, it's going to be more of a mental thing. Yeah, but I think the biggest thing is the amount of information, like a good podcast, like you put on, that people have available to them is. There's more information out there more than ever. You know, YouTube's videos. Mm-hmm. But God damn it, be wary because ninety five percent of it is going to try to sell you some shit. You know, and it's like Jesus, dude. But you, uh, you know, my personal feeling is there's a a million pages of information out there, but you have to be up to that chapter. For it to work for you. If you right. skip ahead and try to implement that chapter. And you're not ready for it. You're, you're not ready for it. You know, yeah. so. The information either won't take and, to you. And like, like, you know yourself, like a couple of years ago, you were running 30 ounces of weight, you know, all over your bow. 42 ounces, but who's counting? Okay. So now you're a lot less than that. And so am I. About nine now. <laughs> you know, so. Things are always evolving, you know, for one reason or another. Maybe it's because Matthew's bows are so heavy. Maybe I'm still running 40 ounces. It's just all in the riser now. Well, th- that's definitely uh, a reason the why. The, no, I'm just joking. Where the, the, well, no, the, the rotational mass, we'll use that term, okay. in the riser because of the way that I'll call it an I-beam style riser mm-hmm. versus the truss style riser of the Hoyt. Mm-hmm. The the ro- the rotational mass on that one is in a different spot. So yeah, you got to do what you got to do. But everybody's different. Right. I saw some guys out there on the line for the uh, 10K shoot today. The guy must have had six inches of weights on his front bar and about eight inches of weights on his back bar. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it was insane. I mean, they're okay. They were all one ounce size, you know. I saw a dude's back bar that had a stack of weights that made Mike Schlosser's setup look like like a child's weight. Baby. Yeah. So, um... There's some monsters out there. Yeah. Uh, But, you know, would I tell someone new... That that's what you need to do. No, no. it's some, you know it's a work in progress. Everybody's you know I already have some ideas I want to implement when I when I get back home. Like what? Give us a, a preview. Well, first I'm going to take the 27s and throw them in the back of the closet, and then. <laughs> <laughs> but you know I'm going to uh, do do some bar changes, uh-huh. some weight changes. Cool. Maybe a little bit of draw length. You, you know, try to run your bar out the front? No, I don't think I'll go that extreme. But I'm just. Uh, you try to run it underneath. Uh, you can go up on the upper bushing, on the bo- on the back. Nah, that doesn't feel good for me. I've tried that, know, that but again. Bo- Bodie does it. Yeah. I know. I would do it. I've done some things. You know, I've had an issue with my bubble, and you we worked on it together, mm-hmm. and uh, you got me to try this extreme angle of the bar mm-hmm. going out and it worked man i was able to hold but the downside was it killed my elbow you know yeah, so hurts the elbow it was just harsh yeah. so i was able to change it around and one thing to change try. some weights one around. thing to maybe try mm-hmm. is to kick weight off the back bar and then kick it out further 
Because that's how mine is. I yeah. mean, I, I, I think my angle is probably about where yours is now. No. Is mine further? No, you're, you're... I'm less? I'm more in line? Well, mine is going down, and yours bars are going up. No, my bars don't go up. They're completely flat. Back bars. Okay, well, flat. yours is flat, and mine's going down. Yeah, is that what you're talking about? Up and down? I thought yeah. you were talking about inside out. Hold on a second. I thought you were talking about the, the bar going... Yeah. So you're talking about getting the bow to level, right? It's not going up. Look at it compared to the string. It's a perfect 90 degrees. So, okay. are you talking about, you said when it was hurting your arm, it's because the bar was out, right? Not yeah, down. it was probably, right now we'll just say my bar and your bar, the distance from our bars to the bowstring, it's about three inches. Uh-huh. And then when we put it out, it was about five or six inches yeah. away from uh, the string. Yeah. It's a very aggressive point. Yeah. yeah. So I learned some things and it, it actually that particular setup didn't work, but mm-hmm. uh I was able to break free of what I was doing and, and implement some other things that ended up being kind of taking care of the situation. Right. For the time being. Well as a, I, I used to be on an add weight kick where I would pre- tell everyone to add weight. Right. But now I'm on a take weight off kick, and so I'm telling everyone to take weight off. But really, it's like you said, it's got to be whatever, wherever you are in this journey of figuring out what works for you. Yeah. You got to try it. You got to take weight off, add weight, you know. It, it, it hit in a certain order of add weight, take weight off for me. Yeah. It might not be the same for everyone else. Right. I mean, yeah, you were. Uh, you got to experiment. For a while there, you're fix and it you know and i gotta say it helped me at times was add an ounce to the front mm-hmm. you know and or usually you know, add an ounce to the front add an ounce to the front and it, it did quite a lot and you when you did have some students you helped them and then i seen it happen right in front of my face you know put an extra ounce on their front and their groups shrunk it's, immediately it's a good band-aid yeah placebo effect Plus, it actually does stop the pin moving so right. much. slows it down. And I think when some people, when they see the pin slow down, they think, I, I, I got this now. I got this now. Now that it's like I set it to easy mode. Yeah. You know? But I'm still, um, from uh, our friend Buck Heron, I still play with, if I feel like I'm dropping out the bottom, mm-hmm. but I'm holding good, you know, Taking the adding an ounce to the back bar, uh-huh. you know, adjusting one ounce for the back bars, you know, depending on where I'm shooting out the top or shooting out the bottom, right? Seems to help me. I see. I think if you're dropping out the bottom, it's just too much weight. Yeah, yeah. And then uh, I did I did that this year uh, from from help with you, and just started taking stuff off, taking stuff off, and then. Uh, but man, it's just so crazy because. Me from two years ago, yeah, it's, me too. Not, it's not enough weight. If you're right. dipping at the bottom, you need to tag more weight on it and drive harder. I mean, what did you have? You had all those tungsten weights, and, and then you end, ended up shooting more weight before you put the tungsten weights on. You ended, after you put the tungsten on, I'm sorry. Yeah, I went 21 you, on the front, and then 
20 in the back, and then I ended up, when that felt like too much, I went 21 and 19. Yeah. I mean, I had 22 to 24 Mm -hmm. in the back, and... That's right. 14 on the front? That's right. I remember the 14. (laughs) So, now I'm 3 and 11. I think people should know I wasn't just fucking around with that kind of weight. No, man, it felt great. Yeah, I I tried to shoot less around that time, and I was like, it doesn't work for me. I mean, I'm all over the place. Got to shoot. Yeah, Yeah. but I mean, that's when I was, you know, doing all the nationals and true, really hot. So I was, uh, I wasn't doing the nationals, but I was shooting a lot more. And uh, we practiced a lot together. uh, Didn't my arm wasn't injured, Mm -hmm. (laughs) so. You know, you just got to uh, evolve. Yeah, that that's the name of the game, getting back to those chapters. So the more chapters you go through, then you can go back, you know, and revisit those. But if you skip over them, you won't know right. if, what you don't know. Right. That's true. Yeah. Man, I'm, I'm really loving this bow, but... It'd be a shame to change it for outdoor. I don't see why. Well, you know what would be the change? You, so you just you'd rather just like take the bars off. I'd rather build a whole new boat. Lock it in a in a case and break glass. Come November of twenty twenty two. I'll be honest. Pull it back out. What I thought about doing was buying a thirty four, setting up for outdoor. And while everyone's shooting outdoor, continue to shoot this indoor. <laughs> shoot this in my basement. And then when uh, you want to have a free weekend, take the outdoor bow out, shoot that a little bit, get my sight marks and stuff. But keep hammering with this thing so that next year I can beat that Caleb kid and <laughs> have a leg up when he starts shooting his. You don't mean that. No, I You're don't. not. You don't ever plan to beat Target. People. People, it's just you against. I have in the past. Yeah, I have one in the very beginning. And you've done it, and you've drove driven people out of the sports. Good. Yeah, yeah. But you're right. Like uh, if you, if my you, favorite friend uh, John Keating, you uh, buried him, <laughs> never to be seen again. If you if you set your sights for beating one person, you'll only ever be that good or just under that. Good. Right. And not so. to get it wrong, everybody targets somebody. You know. Yeah, a benchmark. Yeah, it's good to benchmark something. There you go. That's a, that's a better. Yeah, you're not targeting. It's just like okay, I I feel I can. Oh, just like equal. tonight, me and Alan were like, all right. Oh, and you, all three of us, best of five. Let's yeah, shoot five ends. I placed dead last on that <laughs> one. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but truthfully, you were reciting in. From uh, the skinny arrows at the same time, so I think I farted on Alan, and then I was hoping it would screw him <laughs> up, and it ended up walking back. To well, he kind of his eyes crossed, and then but but you know what? I think it totally cleared his brain because he shot like what fourteen out of fifteen X's. Yeah, dude, how funny would that be if that was a smelling salt for archery? Is you gotta let me fart in your face? <laughs> You're like oh, X. <laughs> X. Oh my gosh. Oh, man. Uh, I normally don't, uh, though. I'm actually a very uh, pleasant person to be around. So, absolutely, yeah, I I agree. No. Um, what else uh, you got for us, Jim? I, th- I think we're going good. You know, I just um, 
let's see. Talked about you shooting your 300. You getting ready for continuing that? Uh, I my little thing about trying to keep yourself prepared over a course of a long tournament like this. First, you know, shooting times, keeping hydrated, not overeating, eating the, you know, garbage. Yeah, yeah. It's it's you know there's there's only so much you can do here you know. I love it. Yeah, it's it's uh it's the whole it's a battle that everybody has to deal with. Yes, we're all subjected to all the same shit. Yeah, the vendors not as many as there were last year or two years ago. But still pretty awesome. I'm gonna have to buy a T-shirt tomorrow. All my T-shirts stink. They uh, smell like. I'll take your word for that. They smell like <laughs> trigger punchings. <laughs> <laughs> oh man! All right, Jim. Thanks for being my guest. We're right at about an hour. Okay, great. Thanks for having me. Yeah. Thank you guys good for luck tomorrow. Thanks for everyone who's supporting who's my show. Here? Everyone who. Uh, picked up a t-shirt i really appreciated it uh if you guys want i will do another run of shirts and happily ship them to you guys everyone who bought stickers that was awesome i just saw a bunch of stickers on stabilizers today and uh, nothing makes me happier to know uh that you guys are on board and uh oh uh another thing is you guys I'm not sponsored by Butch Baker of Baker Archery Products, right? Uh, he's just a really cool guy, supporter of the show. Um, I'm really down with what Butch makes because he makes string jigs and uh, bow vices. Um, awesome quality. Yeah, awesome quality stuff. It's made in America stuff. Rudy uh, Sandoval uses the Baker Archery Products to build strings. Uh, if you guys ever want to spend a lot of money on some strings, hit Rudy up and ask him for a custom set. He'll build them for you. Just tell him Wendell uh, sent you. Um, but, yeah, um, Kyle Douglas uses the Baker Archery Products Bovice. Um, String jigs. Yeah, I just feel like yeah, I, should, I should throw it out there. Butch is a super cool guy. He gave me a bunch of support. He came to watch me shoot. And for nothing, it's not like we don't have some kind of business transaction. He just literally said, I like your show. And uh, it's just cool stuff. I'm glad you guys are, are liking what I'm putting out. I'm trying to put out the no bullshit podcast, basically, when it comes to archery. And it's like, I get it. Uh, there's times to be professional, and there's times to, you know, not talk shit, right? And I will try to respect those times, but you guys have to realize, I don't want to sound like Greg Poole. <laughs> I know this sport. I know this sport. We all know this sport, you If guys. you were in the industry and knew what I knew. Yeah, we all know this sport because we all see it. We all shoot it, right? There are some things that are bullshit, and I'll, I'll just be the first to call it. And if I'm not doing that and wasting your time by calling bullshit on stuff, the goal is to get you to be a better shooter. I'm gonna, I am constantly trying to improve, and I feel like I know Jim's always trying to improve. And uh, I think one of the earmarks of a good archer is that they never set on, they never just sit on, okay, I'm good. Like, I don't need to practice or I don't need to push the, the envelope anymore. I know what I'm doing and I'm, you know, this is what's going to win shit for me. I know some people are like that. Some people are like natural God-given talents. I'm not, you know, I have to work to get good at this. So that means I'm going to test shit. 
I'm going to explore shit. I'm going to, you know, I'm going to read books on mental management and I'll just tell you guys what it is for free. You know, I have a donation thing on my Spotify, but you guys don't have to do that. Don't just listen to the show for free. Get better at archery. Come challenge me at archery at an event or whatever. And, uh, that will force me to get better. And that's the name of the game. We all get better together. Preferably Californians. California, cause, yes. Yeah, because we're, oh, man, <laughs> <laughs> we're a scraggly bunch. But <laughs> yeah, I mean. But, I, dude, we got listeners all over the place. Yeah, you your 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 reach is growing, you know. Alan Brunetta said, Gabby Schlosser said that they watch the show. Yeah. They listen to the show. They said, I love that ridiculous podcast. I know. You're like a bad rash that won't go away. <laughs> <laughs> I'm the herps. Anyway, uh, yeah, thank you, guys. Um this podcast brought to you guys by DB Custom Coatings. Uh, they actually printed my stickers or cut cut the vinyl stickers that y'all are rocking. Um, they help do a little bit of the graphic work. Steve Roseberg did that for me. Um, all really nice people. DB Custom Coatings, their main thing is Cerakoting. Uh They Cerakote bows. Darren Cerakotes anything, actually. But he has a passion for Cerakoting bows. You guys should check them out if you want your bow to look super cool and custom. It's a lot cheaper than just buying uh, the same bow you got in a different color. So, um, West Coast Archery is my sponsor. They don't sponsor the show. I, I don't want them to because... Why do you say it like that? Say it a little with more emphasis. West Coast Archery. Thank you. Go there. Hit up Austin Watts. Hit up Rudy. Hit up Hans and Adrian. Tell them you want to buy some stuff. They do not sponsor this show, so all this stuff that I say, they are not responsible for, okay? <laughs> um, what else? Who's, who else sponsors yourself? Carbon Craft Stabilizers. They're good. You guys try them out. And that's it, everyone. Thanks for listening. And I just want you guys to know there will be plenty more. Keep tuning in to Archery Unfiltered. I got the info that will... I got the kind of info that will keep Neil Young from leaving. All right? See you guys.